you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Dominates at Cornhole. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some different heroes. Colleen Wolf, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys and girls? Hey, hey Dan. It's nice. Hi, Colleen. Hi. Good to see you. Great to be here. You don't really dominate at Cornhole, do you? I mean, um, really, Chris is the one that dominates, and the rest of us play with him. Well, right, you guys have seen me play for the most part. I would not say that Cornhole is your strongest party game. I but, would say that I d- never dominate when Wes is on the board, but when I went home for my vacation, mm. as an example, I dominated right. family competition, which is really a credit to Wes, who taught me how to throw. It's about the spin. You have to do the spin. So you, nobody saw you from here dominate, but no, you did. I have laughed. seen Dan dominate sporadically. Yeah, I'm inconsistent. Wes is still smart from I'm the last time coaster. he took a loss. <laughs> me and our friend Ali. Oh, yeah. We're not going to talk about so that. So you, you said that that's was not game. Colleen's strongest uh, party game. What is her strongest? She's really good at beer pong okay i am really yeah flip cup i am oh and one in my career against colleen and beer pong (laughs) (laughs) yes um yeah so mark is out uh today he will be back um and colleen is sitting in and we love having colleen here so good to see you colleen we have a what i like to call a good show (laughs) nay a very good show uh we have uh coaches on the hot seat as we enter 2015 which uh, you know, you think, is it too soon to put somebody on a hot seat? Hell no, says the Around the NFL podcast. That's what we're going to do. And also we're going to play, uh, you know, one of our favorite games we haven't done in a while. Uh, it is, of course, What's More Likely, mm. where we, um, you know, each, you know, say, you know, throw things out and say what's more likely. Have a couple options. It's the, the, really the game is in the title. You, don't, you almost don't even need to explain it. That's right. how good a game it is. Exactly. So, and, uh, you know, and then we're going to do some news, a lot of news, because camps are opening up uh, on Wednesday. We already had two teams report uh, this weekend, the Steelers and Vikings. So, really, football's back. None of this sleepy time tea anymore, guys. <laughs> time for some Red Bull. How do you like that? That Not sounds that great. Sounds very aggro. Well, we know Colleen's prepared. She's got the... Mark Sessler-like <laughs> setup here. Without right. Sessler here, it's like nothing ever changed. Yeah. No binders. You, you like no binder. with binders, but instead you Colleen, the binders in my bed. Colleen, all made up, uh, with the <laughs> outfit, all, out, making us look horrible. So you look like a young Connie Chung, but your preparation, <laughs> the paper splayed out before you, yeah. reminiscent is a, of a old Walter Cronkite. I should probably update my system. I'm trying to really change over yeah. to the digital space, but for right now, this works. All right. You're one of the few millennials I know who just leaves a paper trail everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Not environmentally conscious. Nope. All right, but before we get into that, we're going to check behind the glass. He is Mr. TD, 
How you doing, buddy? What's going on, guys? A lot going on here. I know. Oh, I can see it in your on face. NFL see a lot of zippers and, and pockets com. going on. And just so everybody, <laughs> since everybody knows, like a little peek behind the glass. Well, first of all, yes, TD's wearing a sweater with many zippers and pockets. It's July 27th in Southern California. It's cold. It's about degrees. 88 degrees outside. Um, <laughs> Live in the studio. It's cold. But we are in the process of uh, prepping our NFL now. We're going to be on now a lot more often the podcast. We're all very excited about that. So you can watch the whole thing is the plan right. on NFL now. And part of the process now we used to like have kind of informal meetings around the cube to talk things out uh but now td is called for formal production meetings in conference rooms and really uh, it's said a lot uh, you know we you know i walk in we're all getting situated and then td walks in last and then demands to sit at the head that of was, the table that was awkward that happened power move huh yeah uh, just a uh, little theatrical effect. That's all it was. It yeah. wasn't a theatrical effect. <laughs> Dan, Dan was at the head of the table. and, and I purposely said, Titty, do you want to sit here? And he's like, uh, what's happening? Uh, maybe. Actually, yeah. <laughs> That's the theatrical And you effect, sent me you know? away. It was yeah. reminiscent of a few Game of Thrones episodes. Yeah. And then I strategically then took the other end of the head of the table <laughs> so you wouldn't be able to even – no one would really know. Like the Lannister scene. Yep. Yeah. The straight Lannister. All right, buddy. Uh, can we do some news? Yes, we can. In honor of the Wolf Woman, that we're workshopping your nickname as well. Yeah. One that we did hear about, by the way, uh, you mentioned your high school nickname, Connie Fox. Connie Fox. Somebody actually thought it was Connie Fox instead of Colleen Wolf, and there's really not a cool story about it, but it stuck That's for some good. reason. That's a and news anchor yeah. type of name, Connie Fox. It Sounds is. like Excellent. an alter ego. It, well, yes. So that Connie Fox goes out on the weekend. Just so you know, there's <laughs> a good chance that could stick, Colleen. But all right, let's get into the news, and we'll start with something that went down at the end of last week. The New Orleans Saints, uh, Junior Gallette, uh, a standout linebacker for them the last two years, had 22 sacks in those two seasons, just received a contract extension in September, totaling uh, nearly $41.5 million, and now they got rid of him. He became a headache behind the scenes, apparently, uh, with some reports about uh, how he's been acting and not being a leader, and the Saints with other things hanging over him off the field incidents decide, Greg, that's it. We don't want you. Salary cap hits be damned. There, There's so much to get into here, and we'll get into all of Gillette's reaction, which makes him look like a crazy person soon. But the my first reaction just from a football angle is, one, this is their best pass rusher, and they don't really have any natural pass rushers. And then, two, Mickey Loomis, and I include Sean Payton in this, doesn't get criticized a lot for a lot of bad moves that the Saints have made. And, and this one's right at the top of them. I mean, giving him $18 million guaranteed for a guy, you should know if he's a crazy person, that he's a crazy person. And that they gave him and Jimmy Graham these two big contracts right before last season. Now neither one of them's there. A lot of hints of why he's a crazy person. Here's a quote when it first happened. Uh, he told the times McCune, everything is Sean's call, referring to Sean Payton, the coach. He told me that himself. He's the one who pulls the trigger. The business is the business. You know, like Vito Corleone said, Watch for the traitors, referring to the Godfather. Wow. I mean, this is a guy who, 27 years old, was voted the team captain and sort of stepped up when Jenkins left and everything sort of fell apart in terms of the locker room right. and the way that everybody looks at him. And now you have a second rounder in Howie Kakaha that's going to stand in for him. I mean, right. can you really, really rely on him? And the times Picune had a uh, in-depth story this over the weekend explaining what was going on behind the scenes uh, was using some unnamed sources, starting with uh, this quote, he stayed focused long enough to get paid. Then the real junior came out sad. 
and uh, also the team being uh, scratching their heads, the front office officials, when he got named captain days after he got into a fist fight with Brendan Diedrich in the <laughs> locker room. I mean, this, this was a situation. It was hard to make sense of it, but uh, things went downhill. It's almost like their general manager is moonlighting with another team that the owner owns. <laughs> their GM is also the GM of the New Orleans Pelicans in the NBA. Maybe he should be babysitting a little bit closer here. Well, Gallette got into some things that the Saints don't want public, but you just mentioned one of them, which I don't think surprises a lot of people that follow the league closely, which is that, okay, Mickey Loomis has the general manager title. It's Sean Payton's team. I think it's very similar to when Bill Parcells was basically doing everything for his organization. You know, Mickey Loomis handles the money. I think Sean Payton is the one making all the decisions. And what you find with this organization is a lot of decisions that are changed a a year later. Not a lot of consistency, a lot of erratic behavior. Seems like there's a lack of discipline from the top down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now Junior Gallette is not helping himself. And, TD, do we have the vine um, of what Gallette responded to a reporter asking for comment? We don't have the vine. You can talk about it, though. Oh, we can talk about it. Yeah. What a vine it was. It was quite a vine. No, uh, what was it, Greg? Well, basically, you know, they asked for a comment. One reporter did, and instead he just sent a workout video of him, like, (laughs) punching down, kind of like punching bags. Like, he's so angry, he's punching them down. And Scott Fajita, you know, next saint, immediately responded, like, LOL, like, this guy is such a joke. Right. There's a lot of other negative things that we've heard about. Will Smith, uh, the former saint, kind of got on him a little bit. Well, let's start from the beginning There's a lot. Apparently his he shut down his Twitter account, but then his girlfriend or some girl he knows is taking shots, and they seem like Junior Gallette's words, at Zach Streif and whatever happened in her, his personal life, at Sean Payton, like big shots at Sean Payton, at Drew Brees saying he's a bit – nobody respects his arm strength anymore. He called Marcus Colston washed up. He's basically taking <laughs> a blowtorch to all the relations to be had with the Saints. And if you're another team, how could you possibly want to sign this guy who belongs, you know, in a straitjacket? But he's not even doing it on his own Twitter account. He's going (laughs) on, if that is what happened, he's going on somebody else's and taking shots, which is even worse. So he can shoot from behind bulletproof glass. Yeah. And we're, we're, you know, making light of it, but he had some very serious allegations off the field. I mean, he had an arrest on a domestic violence and simple battery charge in January. Uh, he's had a couple other incidents, you know, where he's taped doing things that, you know, so he's, he has some major problems and, and there was a little hint of this even last year. I don't know if you remember this, but he started taking random shots at the Super Bowl champion Saints defense saying at the end of last se- season saying, oh, everyone says they were so great. We've got more talent than that group. Anyway, like, why are you taking shots? Well, he said he was taking out of context. He was trying to pump up his own guys, but it seems like he's one of those guys that puts his foot in his mouth. And I will say, I don't know what kind of deal he's going to get. I think he hinted in, in that Twitter rant that it may or may not have been him that there was an NFC South team that was going to pay him a lot of money to play this year. And Why would we believe anything this guy says? I'm not saying we should. Uh, but, you know, Bucky Brooks just wrote a piece I saw that he, when he ranked like the most important positions. And I think he put pass rusher at number two behind quarterback. So he's going to get a job because he can get to the quarterback. I totally disagree. This guy has to be more toxic than Ray Rice right now. Mm. Well, he's done. He's been caught on tape doing things similar to what Ray Rice was caught on tape. Ray Rice was among the most solid citizens in the NFL before that incident. Junior Gallette has been a train wreck for the last two or three years. He also has a torn ro- rotator cuff right now. But Greg Hardy has a job, and I know he served his time, and maybe Gallette will serve his Greg time Greg Hardy didn't take a blowtorch to the entire Panthers organization. Greg Hardy was accused. The Saints basically paid things. to get rid of him. 
He's yeah. that bad. It's insane. The, they paid the, a ton of money. The to cap get. Yeah. hit that they are taking next year, five point four million this year, but then another, I think, thirteen or fourteen yeah. million like next. Eighteen season. total. They messed up their next off season for that reason. I'd be shocked if this guy's on a roster in week one. We shall see. All right, moving on. Okay, so that's what's going on in New Orleans, in in Buffalo or Philadelphia to be more specific. Lashawn McCoy, their running back, uh, late last week sent out an invitation, and I know Colleen, you are. From the Philadelphia area. I am. Uh, so I don't know if this, this struck a, a chord. It did. He was throwing what was called a private event celebration. Here's the invitation. And I, I want everybody to look specifically. Uh, that's all right. The Bills logo shouldn't be used. No. Uh, you know, weird picture. Private event. Okay, getting a little weird. Getting weirder. Females <laughs> only. 21 plus a must. Then it got shady to use a nickname associated Ugh. with the player. Um, and, you know, I don't know who had anything to do with this. But quickly the Bills came out and said, you can't use our logo, pulls down the Instagram, and the party disappears for, for all we know. Wes, your thoughts about that? Well, I think we were at the vanguard of realizing that LaShawn McCoy is basically a 1.6 on the human decency scale. Mm. <laughs> and the way he treated reporters, we saw this offseason calling Chip Kelly a racist. And now, not only the females only, but we saw some of the particulars involving females only. He, You have to basically jump through six hoops to get invited, and then he will provide the attire. That's what for got you. me too. Yeah, he's gonna dress you. And then, where's the changing room, by the way? Yeah, and they're gonna, and then they're going to bus everybody to this party. So if you did see the most recent True Detective, that might strike a chord. So basically, <laughs> we're dealing with Caligula here. And by the way, we didn't even mention the confidentiality uh, oh, agreement right. that any woman must sign yes. to go to this party. Uh, creep show. It's just it. It shows the lack of self awareness that when you're getting this party ready, that you don't think. It, people are going to find out about it and that you don't think some female reporter is going to say, I want to be invited. And then she sees the five uh, little requirements that you have to get into the party and everyone finds out you're a creep. And then so the party was supposed to happen on Sunday night. I don't know if it happened, but then LaShawn McCoy follows it up with an Instagram post. And I will give him credit, Wes, and 1.3. That's reserved for kind of like the murderers of the world. And the Bernie Madoff. Oh. I don't know if I'd put him that low personally. You know, living in L.A. and trying to date, you know, everyone claims that they're down to earth <laughs> and they're genuine. <laughs> this is a this is the opposite of down to earth. He's completely forgotten who he is. All right. Let's see. Uh, TD, if you could put up his Instagram post on Sunday with the following. It was a funny message. I won't get into the whole thing, but he, he kind of backed off and tried to poke uh, fun at it. Said no longer is it an alcohol uh, last party of the season. Uh, you know, shindig. Now it's a smoothie party, and mm-hmm. everyone, man and woman, is invited except for Hulk Hogan, who's alleged. Well, he invited <laughs> Roger Goodell. He can't come. Carly, can't Wo- come. Carly Lloyd. <laughs> can't have Hulk. He can't come. Can't have Chip Hulk. Kelly's going. Oprah. Yeah. Chip he was Kelly. invited. This sounds like a good party. I mean, I love a good I'm not going to a I love a good party. I love yeah. the waiter from the awful, uh, the burger joint. Yeah, the never awful forget. Service. I would say hashtag never forget that LaShawn McCoy once gave a waiter in a Philly burger restaurant a 29-cent tip. Did you notice he misspelled Roger Goodell? Yeah. Uh-oh. Now that's grounds for suspension. So that's what's <laughs> going on with LaShawn McCoy, who, by the way, and I, I did his radio spot over the weekend, explain a brag, uh, and I mentioned nobody needs a season to start more quickly than LaShawn McCoy. Get him on a field. Shut him up. <laughs> Moving forward. So the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, are one of the teams that could, could, could gain a lot from Tom Brady missing multiple games to start the season. There was a report that came out from ESPN, Sal Palantonio, 
on Friday, not a report, but he said on a radio station that Steve Bashotti, the Ravens owner, was one of several AFC owners. He also name-dropped Jim Irsay that would be very angry and angered with Roger Goodell if Tom Brady's an exonerated guy and gets his suspension thrown out. That angered Bashotti enough to come out with his own statement on Sunday. I have not and will not put any pressure on the commissioner or anyone representing the NFL office to take action when everyone is calling Deflategate. The story circulating that I have put pressure on Roger mm. is 100% wrong. This would be a juicy story if it was true, but I saw Joe Banner, who was formerly the Eagles president, came out and said, this stuff doesn't happen, basically, and the last person who would do it would be Steve Bishotti. Well, it, there's two different things here. Is he pressuring Goodell? That's the part that's a little harder to believe. The part that they would be upset, well, of course they'd be upset. Like, of course, the Colts and the Ravens are rooting for Brady to get four games and yeah. get, get punished. I mean, they're not rooting. Oh, well, I, I hope I hope just because we that's don't, weak. But of course, they're rooting that's for weak. that. They'll part- no, beat a full team. It's like Sal it's like Powell. Daniel Jeremiah when he had that torn Achilles Ooh. tendon. Uh, Dan, there was a little <laughs> bit of a fist pump in the office with Dan. Oh, you know, it's just <laughs> OK, that's not. I mean, I, I can't imagine, that. though, that they're also just like sitting back and being like, yeah, you know, you're I trust your judgment. Roger, everything is going to be fine here. I listened to what Palantonio said. He said that they've been upset for years, apparently, that the Patriots have gotten away with murder. So if this were to happen and they got away with this, too, it would lead to major issues. But that's that is to be expected, too. One, because the Patriots are often in the news for stories like this. And two, because they've been winning. No one is ever happy with the team. That's winning. Sour grapes. That cheetahs. Tweak. Grow up. <laughs> cheetahs, Greg. That cheetahs. Dan's showing his New York uh, tendencies here. Oh, by the way, hey, the we still haven't found out when how long Tom Brady's been suspended. Remember that? His appeal was heard what on happened? June 23rd. We're taking this, this on July 27th. The Patriots report to camp on Wednesday. Let's go. Let's get it done. I, Bishotti, I agree with the last thing he said. Fans and people like me want to see the issue resolved now. Amen. One Should day. I stop holding out hope that he's just going to be fined $25,000 as is written in the rule book? <laughs> They'll be banned two games. Book it. Any right. day now. Moving on. The the Colts gave a lot of money to uh, Goster, Goster Cherlis. I, that's one of those names I, I will never be able to pronounce. You might not need to very yeah. long. Uh, they, gave, they gave the right tackle a huge contract, $34.5 million in 2013, and it never worked out. He was shaky his first season, battled injuries in his second season when he was one of the worst uh, right tackles in football. And the Colts cut ties on Sunday, releasing him. Uh, they were owed no more guaranteed money to him. So chalk this up, uh, Wes, as another mistake by GM Ryan Grigson, right? Ryan Grigson has had a lot of salary cap room to work with ever since he became the Colts GM. And in this first free agency period, when he signed Gosder Cherilis and Eric Wald, Eric Walden and Lauren Landry, it hasn't worked out very well. I, I can't blame him for Gosder Cherilis needing microfracture surgery. How can you predict health? Are you just saying his name over and over again to rub it in that I can't say it? <laughs> no, I think you can say it. I have full confidence in Gosdar Cherilis. You can pronounce Good. his name better than you can pronounce the Bengals. Bongles. I mean, he Go has on. made a lot of big-time mistakes. I mean, you think of Trent Richardson, but there's also – remember Arthur Jones? They gave a ton of money oh, to last give him year. another year before I'm just you saying, write it off. I'm just saying, guys, they're chairless. That was one of those signings where even at the time, everyone was like, well, that's interesting. He had one good year out of four or five, and now let's pay him like a top-level tackle. Yeah, and he'd still be there if it wasn't for his knee being basically ruined. We're going to talk about later, like I said, the coaches that are on the hot seat. We're not going to get into Pagano, who I think also isn't. But mm. 
I don't think Pagano's on you know, the hot seat. I think, they, I think both the GM and coach are under fire here because this team, it's been set up, it seems, that they need to get to the Super Bowl. That's a lot of heat. Every year they go one ball. step further in the playoffs. Well, they got to get to the Super Pagano's, Bowl. Pagano's, I don't think he's on the hot seat. I wouldn't say this season. Maybe if they don't get there next year, but not now. I'm with Dan. What's more of a hot seat than a one-year contract? And that's what they're on. They're on the last year of their contract. They, if they just threw in a 9-7 and seven stinker, you could absolutely see Jim Mercy acting impulsive and getting rid of both of those guys. And the hot seat will discussion will continue later. That's just a sneak preview. What a tease. That's a tease. That's a tease. Hubba, wow. hubba. All right, moving on. Unless anybody's had anything to say about <laughs> nah, that's it. Goster Well, I Carlos. think that the Colts offensive line is in fine shape. Zach, Jack Muir is a good right tackle. Todd they picked Harriman's. up Todd Harriman's. They've got a lot of versatility. And they might sign Evan Mathis. Oh, and never Reed, Reed West's Frank Gore piece, by the way. He did a lot of research on it. I loved it. And, Wes, you, you saw me reading it physically at one point, right? This is one of the few articles that I actually believe you have read. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, the uh, Arizona Cardinals have added a pass-catching tight end to the mix. His name is Jermaine Gresham. Uh, he is uh, signing a one-year deal with the team. He f- spent the first five years of his career with the Bengals, where he was a st- Bengals, where he was a steady uh, performer. Maybe he didn't live up to expectations. Uh, Colleen, do you think that Gresham will have a big role in that offense, which has some nice players in place? I wouldn't expect anything huge because they never really involve tight ends that much. And it's weird to me because when I looked at their roster, they have like seven tight ends on there right now. Obviously, they're not going to be keeping all of them, but it makes me think, like, are they going to possibly be running more tight end sets or something? But they never really do, so I can't imagine that he would. I think they just needed a proven guy. They needed a veteran. Jermaine Gresham. He's okay. We're calling him a pass-catching tight end, but he had basically been relegated to a blocking role with the Bengals recently. But he'll go out there. He catches 50 balls a year. Just for a team that hasn't had anyone good, I think this could be one of those. It's not going to make he's the guy, difference ever, but like, it helps. He's your classic. Your tight end has a buy in fantasy, and you pick up Jermaine Gresham. Always. Because he goes 5,505 like almost every year. He's that guy. Uh, also in the news, uh, the Miami Dolphins have released – quarterback Josh Freeman who uh, you know they signed and you thought maybe you'd see him in training camp but he doesn't even make it there so uh, if you remember it seems like a long time ago in 2013 he started week one for the Bucks, got cut signed with the Vikings didn't last had a cup of coffee with the Giants last year and now another cup of coffee with the Dolphins Wes is a time for Josh Freeman to head to the CFL he doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I I kind of argued against having a long Josh Freeman segment here, because We're not having a long segment. We're just mentioning. We're going to give cut. him about ninety to one hundred and twelve seconds. Between that game with the Vikings against the Giants was was one of the worst quarterback games we've ever seen by a veteran, and all the reports out of Tampa Bay that he just wasn't committed to playing football. I I think he's done. I think teams are washed. Teams have Only washed their hands. Only twenty seven has has shown uh, at least in a, a short term. The Bucks that he could play a little bit. That Vikings thing was not all his fault either. They did a terrible job pushing him into the lineup immediately. Right, but job. some of the passes he threw were oh, it, awful. He played terribly. Yes. But he wasn't ready. Even if he was That's a fair. student, he wouldn't have been ready. That's fair. It's crazy to think it was only a few years ago he had a 25-touchdown, six-interception season. But it's also crazy to think that it was only like six months ago I, I said that exact same point on the podcast. Like this happens every every six. This months. is his stage it's of like his career now. Thing. Yeah. If we if we're gonna keep writing about Terrell Pryor, we got to keep writing about Josh. Green. You got to. I mean, yeah. he's a guy people know. He's a quarterback. I miss all the youngry Buccaneers when they were promising mm. people. Raheem. Raheem. Muscle Hamster. That's one of your favorite Muscle nicknames. Uh, well, it's my favorite because it's literally the worst nickname in the history of the NFL. It's so bad. Worse than Muscle Hamster. No, but just to call yourselves Youngry, yeah. it's stupid. 
Wow. Hashtag marketing. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, let's talk some suspensions. Suspension roundup. Everybody loves suspensions, and uh, I'll go down the line. The Kansas City Chiefs uh, will be without Sean Smith, their cornerback for three games of the regular season. Uh, the league's substance abuse policy is the reason behind this. He pled guilty to a DUI charge in 2014. The team announced that Friday. Uh, the Broncos will lose uh, Derek Wolf. He gets a four-game suspension. Um, uh, he will miss games against the Chiefs, Lions, and Vikings, along with along with the Ravens. And then Latroy Guion of the Packers will miss three games as well. Uh, this is the he plans to appeal the punishment. Uh, it's a three-game ban after being charged with possession of marijuana and a firearm. Thoughts. This Sean Smith suspension is sneakily one of the, a very debilitating for the Chiefs. It is. They have a very young cornerback crew. They were already starting their first-round draft pick. Was his name Ron Peters or Marcus Peters? And without Sean Smith, this is a team that we could see going seven and nine, or nine and seven, or ten and six. They need to be at full strength to kind of come out and win a wild. Card. I, I don't know. To me, this hurt. This hurts a lot. He only allowed 50% of his passes that were sent his way to be completed, and he's missing, as you said, the Texans, which doesn't really bother me, but the Broncos and the Packers, and that could hurt them. Chiefs are one of those teams. I think the job Andy Reid has done has been underrated because you look at that roster, especially right now in the offensive line, it's like that's a, that's a bad roster. It's not a very good team, and it's like the least the team I'm least looking forward to watching, but – on paper, they look like a 5-11 and 11 type of team. If we were to power rankings team of ATL, Chiefs might be 32nd <laughs> because they're that boring to watch. There's not a lot of pop there right now. By the way, that was a good stat, by the way, Colleen. It sounds like you were laying in bed with the binder again. I yeah. might have been. I knew your eyes lit <laughs> up when Wes called Sean's me out for it <laughs> last night. He knew Col- it. Colleen has admitted she lays in bed at night, late at night, and just looks at her binder. I, I joked before the podcast, if you see the tie on the door, don't come in. Binder time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I can't sleep, so yeah. I just have you heard of uh, an iPad. Well, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to read front digital screens before you go to sleep. Oh, you I hear do. about that? I do every uh, night. Yeah. So I either read a book or read a binder. Wow. I'm doing you. things wrong. You are disciplined. You don't fall asleep uh, watching Game Rewind? No. <laughs> you, must have a, you must have a good home printer. I do. I actually <laughs> bought one. Have those you bought a printer? <laughs> I had to buy a printer. You're such an uncle. I am. Actually, I know. Hey, Grace, much, we got a new printer. How much my dad was trying days, to like convince 999? me. It was, it, yeah, I mean, it, it does pictures too, but my dad was trying to convince me to get a fax machine. I was like, all right, I definitely don't need a fax. <laughs> all right. And uh, <laughs> Colleen, you're a fascinating woman. That's why we like having you here. And finally, uh, this went down right when we came upstairs. The Panthers, or excuse me, Jonathan Martin, who is wa- was claimed by the Panthers on waivers recently. The offensive lineman is going to announce his retirement. Uh, he was cut by the 49ers in March. Most fa- most famous, of course, uh, for his role or his role as the victim in the Bullygate scandal with the Dolphins and uh, Richie Incognito. Uh, so a back injury uh, seems to have ended his career. He's chosen to retire. Still a young guy. It never worked out, Wes. Yeah, I loved it. We saw this while we were preparing for the podcast, and Roto World's headline popped up, Bullygate Victim, Jonathan Martin Retiring. That's what he's been rendered. He's just the Bullygate Victim. Which is too – I mean, it's too bad for him because he – Also rich former first-round pick. Yes. Relatively. Don't forget yeah. about that. But is he rich in, in happiness? In now that's her, a good question. Family? That's the sort of thing that, that really give you happiness in life. What, you know, what Greg, you're Do right. you believe he was ever really in love with playing football? It seemed like – 
it seemed like there were questions about that from the beginning before any of this Bullygate stuff happened. So it maybe this shouldn't shock. He me. went to the Panthers and then he was basically like, "All right, I'm out, guys." Yeah, it, <laughs> it was just never going to happen. Him and the Blind Side, Michael Orr, in the same mm-hmm. locker room just felt like too much, uh, too much, too many side we should, stories. We should put together like an all sad offensive line, and <laughs> the bookends a tackle would be Orr and poor Jonathan Martin. You know there are issues when a guy like Ricky Williams calls you out and says maybe you don't belong in the NFL, wow. which is what he did during the Bullygate scandal. That Ricky pretty much read that situation exactly correct and said you can't bully somebody in the NFL. The object of the game is to bully other people. And he, you know, Ricky went into a lot of depth on this issue. It was fascinating to hear him talk about it. And he basically said maybe he would be happier doing something else. I, I value Ricky Williams, uh, his input, because he's an interesting guy. But Richie Incognito was a jerk. Oh, absolutely. But I don't think – Ricky wasn't Beyond taking Incognito's bounce. side. Yeah. He was just coming at it from a – maybe he would be happier doing something else besides playing football. Mm-hmm. I say down with bullies in general. Yeah, what's strong, what's great about bullies? Strong stance. <laughs> Area man takes strong anti-bully stance. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's what's happening in the news. Uh, let's move on. We keep rolling. The show never stops rolling. Colleen, there are no reverse gears in this tank. None. Uh, That's good. Let's talk about the coaches that are under the most pressure in 2015. Uh, we This was a post we have up on the Around the NFL um, site, nfl.com slash around the NFL slash all that pressure that these coaches are feeling. Is that real? <laughs> There's so many slashes. That's, I think that's too so, many slashes. Is that allowed? Password, cool cats. <laughs> New and England clam chowder. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get. Let's start rolling then. Uh, Colleen, we'll start. Oh, wait, excuse me. Mm, uh oh. I would like to start with Chris Wesson. Whoa! <laughs> Why is that? Curveball. So listen, it's like, like your I told you, says. I got to look behind the glass. And <laughs> TD, ever since he went to the front of that table, he's starting gotta to say, go in order. "This is who you can talk to." When I felt like I, I, like I kept boyfriend. Right no, now. it looked like you had a string attached, and TD's well, marionette. Oh, another little there. peek behind the curtain. I looked at Dan's little paper here, and it said, "Start segment with favorite." friend he was like he thought it was Colleen oh no nope. nope it's actually Chris that's it all right Wes if we can move past this you get us going Ken Wisenhunt he goes to- two and 14 in his first year with the Titans they're the most anonymous team in the league nobody knows who they are they basically don't even exist in the NFL for a year and now they draft Marcus Mariota which would seem to give him a little bit of a leash I think it does but if Mariota has a dismal rookie year and we're hearing reports that they're counting on starting Harry Douglas and Kendall Wright, two sub-six-foot receivers who basically are best suited for the slot. If This is what Ken Wessenhut's doing. He's not setting up Marcus Mariota for success. I remember after the draft, you were pretty optimistic about the Titans. You were I'm, excited. I am until I hear that they're going to start Harry Douglas. That really <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that was it. Wes is out. <laughs> the Titans. Well, you got doling slants to Kendall Wright and Harry Douglas. That's this, your offense. This is this is Ken Wisenhut's problem. He went two and fourteen last year. He didn't go five and eleven or six and ten. When you go two and fourteen, if you drop another three or four win hammer. The, the ownership is going to be like, no, we can't, we, can't, we can't have this. And the ownership and the presidents and the CEO and everything there has been in flux. It's an unstable situation in general. But I do think – I disagree with you on this just because I do think if he gets one of those five or six win seasons, that will be like, okay, we're making progress. We it's a big if. I mean? He needs to get, a big if. Needs okay. to get respectable. I don't think it's that big an if in that division. It's, it's hard to lose 14 games. If they start Bishop Sankey and Harry, and Harry Douglas, That's do you think awful. they're winning more than three or four games? 
No. With a rookie quarterback? And With a rookie quarterback? I mean, and if Marcus Mariota isn't the real deal, everyone's getting Who are their playmakers it. on defense? They got. They have depth. They have a decent amount of players on defense. You know, the Titans. Yeah, they got our old guy, uh, defensive coordinator, who we've always been in love with. I mean, Ray a chance. Oh, Nobody's scared of the Titans. And aren't they in part of your Bermuda Triangle? They are. That's not fair, Wes, because we were all excited. With, oh, we got all the tweets of people being like, oh, there's some hope. The guys are talking us up. Now we're going to bury him like that? Look, I'm, I'm not, just saying he's on the hot seat. I'm not buried. He has to produce. And starting Harry Douglas will not get that done. All right, Colleen, now it is your turn. Okay, this is big. your coach on the second So thing. I'm going with Jeff Fisher and the Rams. Mm. Three years there, and there hasn't been a winning record. They've peaked at seven wins. They haven't done better than third in the division. Uh, yes, that is a tough division, but this year the 49ers aren't going to be as good. So I think that with Nick Foles there, not that Nick Foles is a huge upgrade or really an upgrade at all, but he is seemingly healthy as a quarterback for them. They picked up Todd Gurley, who you know might not be totally healthy, but when he is good, they're going to have a legit running back. And you look at the pieces that they've sort of moved around. If he can't do something with it this year and they do move to L.A., they're mm. just going to get rid of him, no question. Well, that would, how sad would that be for Jeff Fisher? I feel like he's always wanted – he would love to be coaching an L.A. team. It would be expensive for them, though, because he has two years left on his contract. I See, I think that this is one of those franchises that whether they're uh, very loyal or in some type of organizational malaise, they – they stick with their guys. Barring a disaster, I think Jeff Fisher's safe. Just like Les Snead, I don't think there's any chance he loses mm. his job. Even if they move? I Well, I don't know why that would necessarily even change their mindset about what if happens. If anything, that's a plus because I think Fisher, USC guy, the whole – just his experience in the league. He's they been love him. The team that moved Everybody before. loves Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher. But, but I do think they do need to show some progress. If they put up a stinker – you would, you would think you have to make a change. It's one of the immutable laws of the NFL, like the Bengals losing the first Saturday of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Rams can't have more than seven wins. That's not possible. <laughs> well, they, he better be an upgrade at quarterback. Jeff Fisher can't have more than, than seven Hill. wins. Jeff Fisher goes seven and nine like 60% of the seasons he's ever had, had in the NFL. How, how long did he last in Tennessee after that Super Bowl run with lot, not a lot of progress? Maybe there was that one year where they started off real hot. It, but it, You know, going back to our uh, that show we did a few weeks ago, because he's the biggest flirt. He is. He's always sweet talking those reporters. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, I would like to know your coach who is on the hot seat. Well, here's another guy who goes seven and nine more often than people realize. Never wins ten games in a season. Tom Coughlin. I mean, oh, uh, Greg. I mean, someone's got to put him on the hot seat because Tommy the wins are, Super Bowls, though. I'll tell you I, that. And everyone's like, oh, you couldn't last in the New York media. The New York media is so hard. Hey, how about bringing up the fact that he has as many ten win seasons in, since 2009 as Brad Childress and Todd Haley? I mean, aren't Coaches supposed to be defined by being good in the regular season. The Giants have been good <laughs> once out of six years in the regular What's season. What's so tough about the New York media? They they treat him like he's a pussycat. Really? Yeah. I'm saying I'm saying that's my point. Is that they yeah, never, they never they never rip on Coughlin. I didn't saying. know I didn't know that I had to say this because I thought we were all kind of a little plugged in on this issue. But when you win Super Bowls, <laughs> it gives you a lot of rope. And then when you win a second Super Bowl, yeah, I feel you. It gives you. Even more rope to the point where you're almost untouchable. He's almost used up that rope. But I, I think barring them having an awful season, they're not going to push him out. It was 7-9 two years ago, 6-10. and 10. You've got your franchise quarterback. I, I do think they would push him out. It wouldn't be a firing, but it would be a retirement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see that. If, if, the, if things went badly, if things went real bad. Sure, with all these they guys, go, it's a, if they go bad. What if they go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 no, and seven and miss the playoffs? I think playoffs are bust, and he's mm. Really? We said that last year about him. I thought, I thought that last year, and they went 6-10, and ten and they stayed. 
I mean, you got to put they'll up They'll start a- off like 0 oh, and something, then they'll win all of December's games like they usually do. I think Wes, as the ODB guy, he saved Coughlin's job. We've talked saved about Jerry that. Reese's job, I thought too. T- yeah. Dan saved Eli Manning's job. Well, yeah, you usually had... one of those guys that's too is like New York. That's a tough market. You know, you can't handle it. In New it York. is. They're very soft on coffins. Because so great when you impression. win, yeah. when you win titles in iconic ways, as the Giants have done against your boys, yeah. that's what happens. New York loves a winner. Yeah. I, I don't want to defend the Giants. Think I want to defend the Giants? You usually do. I'm sick of the Giants. You love the That's Giants. the role you were forced to play on this podcast. And they keep I'm bringing not comfortable in with offensive it. coordinators. It's like Ben McAdoo, you, you can't. You had to let Eli Manning get comfortable in the system, and we saw that happen halfway through the season last year. That's true. I mean, bringing Spagnola back, though, does feel like a kind of last gasp, bringing the gang back together. If this doesn't work, then we all – And by the way, they are going to the playoffs this year. Okay. I don't Another. dispute that. Bull. All right, moving on. Finally, I'm going to go with uh, – let's go to Florida. I couldn't I, – sometimes I forget Joe Philbin still is employed. Sometimes <laughs> the Dolphins forget he's still employed. How did Joe Philbin not get fired after last year? He's in, he's in rarefied air. He's a head coach that has been around three years, has never posted a winning record, and gets to return for a fourth year and having no pedigree in his past as being successful as a head coach. And yet here he is, still the coach, and I would think even though he's had this outrageous rope, I would think it's going to run out with, with the amount of money that they handed out to Tannehill and Sue and the fact that everyone is all hyped up in the AFC East, that this is the year that the Patriots are going down. If the Dolphins stink it out again, it's over for Joe Philbin. Over, over, over. And, and one other thing I want to add, he spoke to ESPN yesterday. It was one of my favorite because I love Joe Philbin. I've loved him since uh, Hard Knocks as a, as a comedy figure. Since Hard Knocks when he was telling people to tie their shoes and picking up gum off the practice field. Um <laughs> His, his line in the CSPN interview, I came here to win championships. I didn't come here to be average and be 8-8. Eight and eight. Steve Ross doesn't want to own the team to be average. Our fans don't want to be average. Our players don't want to be average. So that's what we're here for. That's why we invest and put in the effort, time into what we do. Joe Philbin, the most average coach in the history of the NFL. Average that, Joe. That Whoa! Coach, what? Uh, average Joe. I like oh, <laughs> That quote coming from a guy who's basically the ten, 2014 Tennessee Titans of football coaches. Mm. Mm. The only thing not average about him, the pleats in his pants. Always very hardcore pleats. Well, Why are NFL could, like, coaches still wearing pleats? That guy loves pleats. It is weird that he's gotten this rope because it's not like it's a dynamic personality like that you can imagine him in the room with Stephen. Rutt. Well, I just can't. I just can't. Uh, let can't go turn my back on this guy. Dynamic. He's got charisma for days. And wasn't there a heat between him and Tannehill at some point last year? Yeah, he almost benched him. Mm-hmm. And then, and so obviously, the organization is happy with Tannehill. It wasn't. It was just like a month or two ago that Dan ranked three tape recorders as having more charisma than Joe Philbin <laughs> at the Tannehill press conference. That was mean, admittedly. Uh, by the way, Colin, also accurate. Yeah, Colleen, I'm a little upset. By the way, because I was really proud of myself in the post we have up uh, around the league. dot com slash um, coaches under pressure. Can't slash. you feel that pressure? <laughs> Password cool cats. Uh, I called Philbin Teflon Joe. I was proud of myself. But average Joe is so much better. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. Whatever, Colleen. You're never coming back. I was going to say, Colleen's invitation. <laughs> oh, no. Out of the studio. I'm in the same room as DJ now. Uh-oh. Um, all right. That's it. That's it for the coaches on the hot seat. Good luck, guys. Finally. We move on to our final segment of the show. Is everybody excited? Oh, yeah. It's called the transition period right it's here. It's the best segment not saying the last one was terrible, but this is better. It's everybody's favorite game. Well, like second or third favorite game. We call it. 
This is what we call it. What's more likely? <laughs> All right, the game is simple for new listeners and viewers. If you, uh, each of us will lay out two different. This is the training camp edition. Let me make that clear. We're going to lay out two different things, two uh, realities. You and then we all talk about which one is, you know, more likely to happen. And I'm, I got to refer to my TD notes again. Who's going first? It will be Greg, the boss. <laughs> All right. Greg, uh, TD just pulling those strings. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> All right. My two scenarios, two men that have been in the news quite a bit. We're maybe sick of talking about them. Darren McFadden makes it through all of August without missing a single practice, or Sam Bradford makes it through all of August without missing a single yeah. practice. What's more likely? What was the first? Wow, one? that's a tough one. McFadden or Bradford without they, missing a practice. They're able to practice throughout training camp. This is really the training camp edition of what's more likely. I'll go with McFadden by default because I believe there will be like days built into Sam exactly. Bradford's schedule where he has to sit. I don't know about that. that I think that they're not course. going to push it with Bradford and they're going to really take it slow with him and like put kid clubs on for him. So I think that he is definitely more likely like, to sit out. Sam Bradford is envious of Joe Namath's original knees at this point. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way they're going to just like run him out there and have him run in hills throughout like the summer in a heat wave. I don't know. I, I think he's going to, they said he's going to be ready for training camp. Maybe he's not practicing twice a day and he's out there, but Darren McFadden to me is even less, less likely. Is, Why? Yeah. Isn't da- Darren McFadden History? more famous for being crappy than being injury prone at this point? Uh, he's famous for both. A little bit. Yeah. He's though. always battling. He walks that line. It's very impressive. Yeah, you you want that guy who's injury prone and terrible. It's like I can't decide what he is more injury prone or more crappy. Let's sign him and make our feature back. <laughs> That's gonna end well. Yeah. All right, who's up next? Chris Wessling. What's more wait, likely? Wait. What's more likely? Michael Vick rejoins former offensive coordinator Marty Morningweg with the Ravens. Or Ray Rice rejoins former offensive coordinator Jim Caldwell with the Lions. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh, I'm going to go Michael Vick and Marty Morningweg. Do you think that Morningweg's going to see Matt Schaub throw I, and just say, all right, why is this guy my backup? I think so. And have you seen the videos that Michael Vick is posting oh, of himself? Looks like Uncle working Rico. Working out. <laughs> Uncle Rico. He's basically now the guy on the highway, like, asking for change. It's getting sad. Like, just hold a sign up at this point. He doesn't deserve that. How much you want to make a bet? I can throw this football over those mountains. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Ray Rice. I like that uh, combination in Detroit. Joy Bell's coming off three surgeries. It's health a question mark. That's kind of a team. Ownership has to sign off on anything. The ownership in Detroit relatively, you know, hands off. Not a, maybe they're not going to get in the mix. I just don't think Michael Vick's going to get another chance. I, I could see. Really. really, you think Michael Vick is going to sit out the season? I think his career is over. Yeah. Wow. He can be a backup though. No. He could, but I don't think anyone wants to bother. I, would I don't think much rather have Michael Vick than Matt Castle. Can I- Wait, can you just say it again to me, Wes? For some reason, it was like the Charlie Brown where I was looking at you talking, but I just heard wah, 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 wah. Right, do it again. Mar- whenever normal. you say Morningweg, that happens. It's yeah. Marty Morningweg. Yeah. Michael Vick rejoins Marty Morningweg, okay. his former offensive coordinator, with the Ravens right? because they decide, obviously, that Matt Schaub can't throw. Yep. Or Ray Rice rejoins Jim Caldwell, who was his former offensive coordinator, with the Lions. Mm. I think it's more likely that Michael Vick gets a job. Well, but th- these are very specific Ravens, Lions, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's, that's your there's, a, there's a lot of buzz about Ray Rice right now, that teams are starting to do their homework on him, that he's starting to push for it. Greg Schiano's out there kind of shopping him around, and there are 
anti-domestic violence groups who have come out and say that they believe Ray Rice deserves another chance. Wow. I mean, is it possible that his agent's pumping this up a little bit, just making it seem like It's not even possible. It's true. Right. The Lions could use him, too. Absolutely. I think so. All right. Next up. Well, you're staying with Vic. I'm staying with Vic, though. Right. I think because I think Vic has a little bit left. I don't know if he has much left, but I still think Ray Rice, even if it's over and he's he's atoned, I still think teams won't want to give him a paycheck. That's how I feel. Okay, my turn. What's more likely? Ryan Mallett surprises us and wins the starting job in Houston, or EJ Manuel surprises us and wins the starting job in Buffalo. I'll jump right in. EJ Manuel is more likely. I think he came out of the offseason as the very slight favorite. Castle's your boy, in too. In Buffalo. Uh, he used to be Greg's boy. He's still my boy. You know, he's not a practice player. You put on the bright lights. <laughs> that's when Matt Castle <laughs> really That's shines. a scatter report on him, yeah. Yeah, you know, a big game situation. He's not into This is Buffalo. He's been in the big leagues, like Kansas City. <laughs> Matt Castle thrives on real-time <laughs> adrenaline. Right now, EJ Manuel's maybe the slight. It would probably be the slight favorite to start. He's just a third-year player. Give him another chance. Whereas I really would be stunned if Brian Hoyer isn't the starter in Houston. I wouldn't be stunned, but I agree that EJ Manuel is more likely here. I think that all the beat writers have come out and said that Hoyer is basically in the lead, even though the Texans haven't come out. And like you said, all EJ Manuel has to do is beat out a broken-down Matt Castle and some guy named Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I one thing I will say, if EJ Manning wins the job, it's quite a comeback story because under like the coach that he was drafted under gave up on him after three mm. weeks last year. You would think a new coach comes in and it's over for EJ Manning. It's just a matter of time where he gets get cut, but he could win this job. Yeah, I'm I'm going the opposite way with it. I'm nice. going Mallet because I don't really know a whole lot about him. Nobody does. The unknown is sort of sexier to me than um, going with the other going in the other direction. I think EJ Manuel, he's probably damaged a little bit still mentally from Ooh. everything last year that went down. So I would, yeah, I'd go Mallet. The headline, Mallet sexier than Hoyer. <laughs> I mean, you from can this. take what you want from that. That's a that's a Connie Fox hot, hot take right there. <laughs> that's, that is what it is. <laughs> All right, let's do another one. I'll throw another one out there. What's more likely? Junior Gallette is invited to Sean Payton's Christmas party, or mm. the aforementioned Connie Fox, uh, Colleen Wolf, is named podcast MVP by TD. And it's important to understand the context here is that uh, Colleen has never gotten the MVP award for her trips on the show. No. Really? And there was one time where he TD specifically said he would not give Colleen the award because she had already won it, but he was thinking of Lindsay Rhodes, yeah. which is sexist and weird. Uh, what's more likely? Oh, wow. I think I it has to be know. Colleen. That's the oh, most yeah. likely Colleen's thing possible. The That's almost 100%. There's, there's no way that I the things that Junior Gallette was saying about Sean Payton, <laughs> Sean Payton might have wiped off the face of the earth. But TD has no respect for Colleen. Clearly. Well, Clearly think... all blondes are alike here. Oh, wow. wow. TD, you have anything to say? No comment. Just no <laughs> well, wow. if you do win, it might be the it might be an important podcast MVP, the last one we'll ever give because we've been trying to kill this silly segment. Oh, for a long time. no, it's it's funny that like TD will pop in out of nowhere and give us like a review of Peaky Blinders or something, and then when I tee you up, you got nothing to say. 
I'm a busy guy right now. Oh. oh. That's all it is. That's you know what, is. though? Give TD credit. He's doing a lot of things right now. This now operation is turning into a gargantuan task. It's a life. nightmare. Are you losing sleep at this point? Um, what sleep? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> we believe in you, TD. Bless, do you believe in TD? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that? Well, I, that was I wanted to put some thought into it. Yeah, I believe yeah. him. You could always get an honest answer out of Wes. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's snake it back. Wes, give me one. What's more uh, likely? Oh. What's more likely? This, in honor of Colleen, I have an Eagles-related question since okay. she's from Philly. The Eagles trade linebacker Michael Kendricks, who seems to be superfluous at this point, mm-hmm. or Mark Sanchez beats out Sam Bradford for the week one starting job. Which one of those scenarios is mm. more likely? I'll go Kendricks on this one just because Chip Kelly has no problem trading people away. And I think that he was already on the trading block at one point. I think his name yeah, was before floated the draft. out there. Yeah, before the draft. So that I mean, that could definitely happen. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, if you uh, check out the website, we've got our top 18 position battles in the AFC and the NFC up. And one of the top ones in the NFC is Eagles inside linebacker. They have Michael Kendricks, D'Amico Ryans, and Kiko Alonso, and they're playing. They're paying Ryan six million dollars. They he love D'Amico. He would be the guy that would logically get benched out of those three because he's older and he's coming off a really serious injury. But they gave him a ton of money, and they, he's their defensive leader. Yeah, that they say he's going to be a big part. So I'm still going to go Sanchez starting, despite all that. I think I think, the I think Eagles, Sanchez has a good chance to start. I think Sanchez is maybe at this point of their careers is just as good, if not better, than. Uh, Bradford, who's, you know, I wouldn't disagree with that. But at the same time, I do think there is something to the organization. Uh, they want Sam Bradford to win the job. So barring, you know, a disaster of a preseason performance and an injury, I think Bradford will start week one. So I'll say Kendrick's getting traded. Next. What's more likely? Connie. All right, so mine are not training camp related. I didn't get that memo. Oh, All right, uh, whatever. Uh, okay. All right, so we're going more serious ones, right, here? This one? Here. Okay. Eli Manning throws more touchdown passes than Peyton Manning in 2015. Yummy. Or the Cowboys running backs combined for more rushing yards than Adrian Peterson. Oh, I'm, I'm going with Eli throws more than Peyton because I just don't trust Peyton's arm right now. Well, you do get to combine all the Cowboys ones. What does a crappy team typically – I was uh, looking at rush that. Rush four. Not more than 2,000 yards. Oh, but no, it goes anywhere. In from theory, like, this is a great rushing team. They just have no rushers. Well, games don't happen in theory. It goes from like, I think the lowest was like a little over 1,200 yards. And then like the medium was like around 1,800-ish. And then it went up to like 22. I like That was the neighborhood. I mean, you cheated by using regular season heat. Colleen, but well, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't tell her the rules. Well, I, I'll go with Peyton as well, <laughs> just because I've been in the Peterson camp having a monster season all off season, and uh, you never know. Eli could throw thirty-five. Peyton could have a weird year where it's not that great statistically. Peyton could have three. Sure. I mean, you never know. Will his body make it through the season? They like Brock. Brock Osweiler. Who knows what Peyton's going to do? Mm. And Eli's got Odell Beckham. All bets are off. And maybe Victor Cruz if he doesn't drop passes. I think Peterson will run for 1,500 yards. Uh, it's a tough one. I'll go with Peterson. I'm going to bank on Peterson. Okay. And I think the Cowboys are taking a step back this year, so their running game will be a problem if that's the case. Got so anybody you else? I think it's Eli is more likely. I think, yeah, it's more like, well, yeah. 
Yeah. You mm-hmm. struggle with this game sometimes. Sometimes I, I get caught up. <laughs> Finally. One What's more. What's more likely? All right. Wes continues to develop uh, an appreciation for the Bengals. It continues to grow throughout August. Uh, his heart starts to <laughs> attach himself even more it's to like the Bengals. like the Grinch I'm picturing. Or Dan says something remotely negative about the Jets in the month of August. What's more likely? I can already tell you the answer to this one. <laughs> Dan's going to say something negative about the Jets. Before Let's start I... with Colleen then, since she's the only one who's unbiased in this. <laughs> yeah, I I don't see Wes coming back around on the Bengals. He's been coming back around. No, it? I reread the entire dossier when we had the pain rankings the other day, and it brought back a lot of feelings that I haven't felt in 20 years. For, for those, but you've got to leave the past in the past, man. No, I Earn the dossier. No, it was it was a very healthy exercise for me to understand why I walked away and to realize I was not – I was not in air when I walked away. There were great reasons. Was for there it. for those that don't know, Chris, when he was a younger man, created an entire binder full Ooh. of articles, <laughs> and uh, you know, Colleen's like, Ooh, I like, I binder. like binders. <laughs> I like, I like paper and cheap products. Where you collected all the reasons why you were breaking up essentially with the Bengals and all the missteps that they have made and all the reasons you weren't happy with their ownership. I forgot just how egregious some of the things they did were, and now it brought that back. So no, you got to let like, go of the hurt in your it's heart. It's like your ex-wife. You're thinking about hopping back into bed with her, and then you just like, oh, wait, she did that to me. How many years have you been clean? 17. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is a long time. By the way, the, you know, remember the old Buster Rhymes song, Pass the Cavassier? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. about if we get like a Weird Al version, burn the dossier? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> hey, yeah. Can someone do that? Is there someone out there that can do that yeah. for us for no cost? If nothing else, we'll get a Photoshop no like version of what? The, what the record title would look like. Dan, what's your answer at least? Well, I'm, I I find myself to be a critical Jets fan at the time. Oh, I yeah, feel sure. like you're taking a shot at me there. Oh, shit. But, but before the season, but, never never too inflated. On I'm, I'm excited about the Jets this year. I, Chris, this is what I know about Wes. I love him. Very proud man. If he comes back to the Bengals, it'll be over a period of years. It's not going to happen yeah, over the course of the training I'm just saying it's going to continue. And it certainly won't happen with Andy Dalton in the mix. Dan is reading the situation very well. All right. <laughs> yeah. Easy. I think it could happen, though. I think in a big picture, I think it's happening. <laughs> That's it. Do we have anybody else? I'll, I'll, got I'll do one more. One. Okay. All right, one more. Here we go. Okay. What's more likely? So L.A. has a football team in 2017 mm. with incredible uniforms, a winning record, and two postseason appearances. Okay, mm. Or L.A. falls into the Pacific in 2017 <laughs> as a result of a natural or man-made disaster, an earthquake, tsunami, terrorism, or a super volcano. Mm. Ooh. Do we have volks around here? No, the one in Yosemite, though, would affect us. Mm. Well, there was that, huh. that big article, which was fascinating, about the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. earthquake. But that doesn't really affect uh, Los Angeles. So I'm going to say they're going to have the winning team. Yeah, I could tell you what I want it to be. Trophies. I don't want mass casualties. Well, that's not the name of the game, Dan. But it's more likely. More likely. That earthquake, Seattle's the one that should be in this. Get well, rid of I, Seattle and Portland. Why can't See L.A. It? have a team with two playoff victories? Yeah. I feel like that's possible. I'm yeah. going with that. That's I'll go with that as well. Okay. I hope that doesn't happen, Colleen. That would be sad. <laughs> Colleen vaguely disappointed that millions of people aren't going to die. <laughs> Colleen, Colleen just wanted only more, slightly more, true. Colleen wanted more trees to burn. <laughs> Colleen hates this. All right, that's it. 
That's it for uh, today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. Three shows. Dan, a week. Dan, Dan. Come yeah. On. Oh, what? Oh, 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 the drill. You're still shoehorning. Oh, we're doing in. that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're still doing it. Yeah, oh, no wonder MVP you were rushing me. For the anti-Mark Sessler, it goes to Colleen Wolf. Wow. Oh. First time for everything. Great. Well, define anti-Mark Sessler. I don't know what that mean? means. That she wins? Well, yeah, Mark's wins. never won one. That, t- that, w- that TD has an appreciation of her? All around. All that around. was the quickest of what's that was likely good was ever decided. Oh, yeah. Like minutes ago, we were wondering whatever. How do you feel, Colleen? I, I feel great. I feel wonderful. This has been an outstanding experience. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. <laughs> That's it. Thank you very much for coming on, Colleen. This is uh, Dan Hans is signing off for Connie Fox, the mailman. Now I realize with the music, i got to time it out yeah. better. The boss, you look good today. And TD behind the glass <laughs> until Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.